Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the New Era Sense podcast. This is episode number 10, and thank you for joining us. I'm Nick. I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by Dave, who's our founder and CEO. Um, he'll he'll be on for the first segment, and uh, later on, we'll actually have Mark Borowiecki joining us. So a few of the boys from the New Era Sense team will be joining us for that. So stay tuned. And uh, you know what? This first segment is just about some general NHL things. I, I don't think there's uh too much going on but it is uh christmas eve and christmas uh tom- is tomorrow so uh dave you know do you have any special things planned because I-, I know it's a bit different this year so um just tell me what's going on very bad yeah um not sure what it's like in ontario but here in alberta uh the restrictions are crazy you can't gather with anybody uh in any shape or form so this year it's just going to be me the wife and my son for christmas uh my mm. in-laws are going to still cook dinner and deliver it though but that leaves me with a 37-pound turkey and a massive ham in the freezer. Oh, I mean, I, you have a bunch of leftovers, a uh, bunch of things you can do for, for that, right? So I guess you're lucky in that sense. But it does suck not to have your family around. I think, uh, especially for me, uh, even though I did get vaccinated, I, I don't have the chance to, to go see my grandparents and, you know, have the normal Christmas that I, I would have wished to have. So... It does suck, and uh, you know it just makes me want to see next year. Um, yeah, well, at least in the new year, be be better, and I hope that things are are, are getting better. But uh, we do have a lockdown coming into place here in Ontario, so that's obviously not good news. Um, but you know, let's hope for the best, eh? And I, I hope for the best for you and in, in Alberta as well. Amen. Thanks, brother. So let's just get started because there there was a few um a few things that that happened over the course of the the past few days uh obviously we we saw the ottawa senators schedule come out um sort of jam-packed with a, a, a lot of matchups in uh you know a short period of time uh we start off the season i think it's on the 15th against the leafs and back-to-back games against them um so i, I know you took a look at the the schedule so what was your thoughts on that and you know are you excited for that uh, I'm I'm beyond excited. So, to be honest, I thought about it for a while, and I thought playing the same six teams for an entire season might be kind of boring. But yeah. the NHL did really good job at mixing up the schedule to start off with Toronto, and then I think we're in Winnipeg. Uh, we get to see Tuchuk versus Tuchuk nine times. Um, and honestly, I would take Tuchuk versus Tuchuk fifty six times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure. Are we playing Winnipeg and Toronto ten times, and the rest nine? Is is that what I saw? Because I'm not sure. I'll have to double check. But if that's the case, I'm sort of shocked that we're not playing uh, the Habs at least ten times. You would have thought that you know, uh, closer team and our bigger rivals, you'd you'd play them more often. But um, nonetheless, I'm very excited to see, like you said, Kachuk go against his brother um, nine times at least, and I think that's gonna be a, a, a real focal point for this year. I think for a lot of fans uh, who, who love both players, but to see them go head-to-head nine times might spark some rivalry between Calgary and, and Ottawa. I know for you, uh, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure that's what you hope for because I know your wife's is, uh, uh, she's a Calgary fan, so that would not be the best situation <laughs> for you. Uh, but I think we're all excited for it, right? So, um, you know, even all the other divisions and all the rivals that, they, they might form as well, right? So I think it'll be a cool year to see. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're excited as well, right? Yeah, like one of the coolest things for me to think about is we get to watch our boys get smoked by Connor McDavid, I think it was eight times. I mean, it's Connor yeah. McDavid. No matter who he plays, he's going to smoke him. But to watch the most electrifying player in the world that many times against your team it's fun, and and there's going to be so many new rivalries. Um, like just to Chuck versus to Chuck is going to be one of them. I guarantee you, uh, they're not going to go nine games without pissing each other off. Mom is not <laughs> going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, that's and for then, sure. And then in in the states, there's going to be other teams that are going to play each other way more than they're used to. Uh, I think mm-hmm. for them, the mix up wasn't as bad, and a lot of the teams are still familiar with the other teams that they're playing. But I still think playing each other that many times is still going to be way more fun for them as well. Yeah, I bang on like I I don't know what's going to happen. I, I mean for for a lot of people who are doing a fantasy pool or or you know um anything like that it might be completely different. Like we look at the standings, we assume that things are going to go a certain way based off, you know, last year and what we believe will will will, will happen this year, but 
So this year, with new divisions, you could assume that you know some teams might struggle against other teams that you wouldn't expect to, right? Um, so, so I, I, for me, I'm excited to see what the, the the standings will look like near near the end of the season. And there's also the fact that it is a 56 game season, right? So teams don't have the chance to come back and you know gain momentum at the back half of the normal regular season where 82 games are played. So I, I mean, there's things that affect a lot of teams, and I, I'm really excited to see what happens and what comes of it. But one thing to note is that this is the time where we'll have the most Canadian teams in the playoffs at the same time. I think one is guaranteed to make it to the semis, right? If I'm not wrong. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think it's huge for Canadian sports and for the NHL. Um, you know, as much as I hope that it's the sense, uh, realistically, do I think it'll happen? Probably not. Um, but I'll still cheer for any other team that's not Toronto or Montreal. So, <laughs> but here's here's the thing though: in in 56 games, you're playing the same six teams. You're gonna learn and master what your opponent does. So you don't have to be the most skilled team. You just have to be the smartest team on the ice with a lot of skills to back it up, obviously. But I think a team who plays really smart and really uh, studies their opponents could come out on top more than the team that's packed with skills. Mm. So a team like Toronto that's up front very skilled, and then you have a team like Ottawa who is not as packed with skills. If Ottawa does a really good job of doing their homework, they may have a significantly better chance at, at moving up in the standings. And at the end of the day, I don't think Ottawa is going to be one of those teams. They still have a lot of the young guys and new players, and it takes a, a good amount of games to mesh Right, it's it's a lot of new guys playing together, and it's gonna take a bit of time to mesh all that together. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. And I think we we're hoping for uh, some big steps from our young guys. I mean, it, it's looking like Timmy Stutzla is gonna play on the Sens this year. So that's one guy, you know, you you hope that finds his game. And you know, a 56 game season is not ideal for a young guy, but it might just be the best case scenario. We don't really know, right? Um, so that's that's a good point that you're making. And uh, speaking of Timmy, I mean, he's going to be playing a really big role when it comes to uh, Germany in this year's World Junior, which is starting tomorrow, or if I'm not wrong, tomorrow, I believe, anyway. Um, so just, just going based off that, I mean, you've seen how COVID has affected the German team and how many guys, you know, are out. I think they're down to 14 skaters. Um, you know, I don't think they have many, uh, they don't have many NHL draftees. I think it's only him and Paterka. Um, so you could assume that Stutzla is already being the captain is going to play a, a big role for that team and maybe log a lot of minutes. And I think uh, that's important for him to, to really get going and uh, ride into training camp in, in some of the best shape of his life and, you know, get get going for a good NHL season. So are you are you excited to see Stutzla or are you, are you, you know, are you optimistic that they'll do well? Or do you think because they're so limited this year that he might not be the best, uh, uh, he might not have the best tournament? Sorry. So I, I think first off, looking at that bench is, is going to look ridiculous. It's going to look like a like a bench that's been torn apart. Nine players, sorry, yeah. nine forwards, four defenders. If I'm not wrong, uh, it's they don't stand a chance. And yeah. and Timmy's going to sit there and he's going to play Iron Man hours. Yeah. Um. Sorry, minutes. <laughs> um. But. You're gonna see him score. He's he's gonna do a lot of one man pony tricks. Um, and then when it comes to Ottawa, a lot of the guys are complaining about wasting an entry level contract year if he comes to play for Ottawa. But I mean, I want him in Ottawa ASAP. If I'm Pierre Dorian and I'm Melnick, I want Timmy playing in Ottawa ASAP. I don't care if I burn an entire year of his entry level contract on 56 mm-hmm. games. You're you're going to sell jerseys, you're going to sell merch, you're going to get the fans believing to the organization again. That's what Timmy is going to represent to them. So you're going to see Stutzla playing in Ottawa despite what a lot of people think is going to happen. Yeah, and Noah actually brought this up uh, a few episodes ago, uh, if I'm not wrong. He did say, you know, there's no point of bringing Timmy back uh, to Mannheim because that's not his competition level. He's above that already. He's he surpassed playing in the DEL. Like he's he's a complete player and he's ready for the NHL. So I mean, yes, you're burning a year of his contract, but 
Is it worth it? 100%. Because you're giving him that experience of playing in the NHL, which is, you know, invaluable. Just, you know, going off of that. So I think for Timmy, this is a big year. And I think it's it's off to a good start, even though uh, Germany might not perform the, the best this year. Um, just to play in the World Juniors and have that big of a role and then roll into training camp. I mean... Hell yeah, dude. That's going to be sick. And I think it's it's a great opportunity for him. And I'm super excited to see him in a Sens jersey. But uh, still have to get his contract sorted out. It hasn't happened yet, but it'll probably come soon. Um, so let's wait on that. And let's just focus on the World Juniors, right? Let's start yeah, with that. Yeah, for now, let's just focus on the World Juniors and go from there. But, uh, I mean, obviously in, in, in Ottawa, the big talk is is World Juniors and, and mm. what's happening with Timmy. Yep. No, for sure. And I think Sanderson, we we watched him play uh, his first, uh, it was a warm-up game against Finland. We saw Jarventi as well. Uh, but we did see Sanderson have a, a good performance, I think, for one of the younger guys anyway. Um, you know, he was really strong on the puck. He did that that play for Caulfield's second goal. He he kept the puck in the zone and really used his body to separate himself from the player and created something out of that. So I think uh, we did talk about this earlier, but um, you know, for Sanderson, who's not really known for his offensive game, uh, just to show that he's capable of getting into those plays and doing something and creating something. Uh, I think a lot of fans are pleased to see that for sure. And you know what? At the beginning, I honestly thought Sanderson was going to come out and he was going to try really hard to prove something. And that was going to be his yeah. fault. And he, was, he wasn't going to play as good as he could because of that. But honestly, he's come out. And he looks comfortable, uh, even with UND. Like he just, he is just ready for the NHL. He's smart, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and he's strong on the puck, and he knows when to jump into the offensive uh, offensive zone. He knows when to jump into the play. Like he's just, he's ready, and he looked really good with Team USA. Yeah, I think one of the the biggest takeaways I took from that game is how poised he looked. He just looked like so comfortable, like you said. Like he just looks like a guy who, who really, you know, the pressure doesn't really get to him. He just plays his style of hockey, and it works every single time. He's a big body who will take care of the 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 puck, and you know he'll play his position as perfectly as you can, you know, imagine. I I think you know for a guy who's so young to look poised like that, who looks like a mature defenseman, and even then in the NHL, I think. That's that's great to see, and I think it'll only keep getting better for for him. And uh, even Clevin, Clevin had a really good game, and I think you know Team USA might realize, oh, this guy's going to be useful for some games uh, down in the tournaments. So uh, I, I'm super happy to see these these boys or prospects doing super well. And um, you know, were you happy with Clevin's performance? Like, what did you take from that? I think he played very physical, which is who he is. Uh, he looked good on the ice. Uh, I wish that he would get more minutes and he just played throughout the tournament. I think he's, he's a, he's a dark horse. Uh, and if, if they give him the opportunity, he can really shine for sure. Oh yeah. I think, you know, just the fact that he's, he's so much bigger than the rest of the guys at the tournament. I think that gives him such an advantage and he can actually move the puck really well. I think that's what a lot of people didn't really expect from Clevin, right? Um, you know, such a big body. You don't really expect him to move the puck the way he does, but uh, he does uh, He does make those stretch passes. He, he does get out and, you know, he pinches and he'll take the body. And I love to see that. I think, you know, the more the more that he practices and the more that he plays in these big situations, he might adjust to those types of situations a bit better, which, you know, might make him a, a real NHL defenseman one day. And I'd love to see that. Um, but Yarventi, on another hand, uh, I mean, I know we talked about it before, um, you know, sort of looked a bit tired. I don't I don't know if that was the case, but didn't really have the drive uh, in that game. Didn't really seem to be chasing the puck as, as fast as he could. Uh, or try to you know get into those battles. I don't know if that's the type of player that he is, or you know coming off a long flight and a few days resting in the hotel. Um, but I wasn't overly impressed. But I mean, he's still got time, right? So what do you what do you think of Yarvensi? I mean, usually he skates a lot better. So you're absolutely right on that. I've watched him quite a bit. And he, he's yeah, he could move pretty well. He did look like he was tired. Or he just looked really out of place. I'm literally just going to scratch it off as a bad game. Um, and yeah, he'll be right back up on the horse. And he'll be right back to normal Draventi after, you know, when the tournament starts. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see, man. I, I, it's so early to tell. And look, we haven't even seen Timmy play, right? So well, I think we're just, it's, it's fun to talk about. But um, at the end of the tournament, we'll have a, a little bit more to say. Um, but, you know, so far, for, for one guy who won't be playing until the end of the tournament is Kirby Doc. He actually got injured uh, yesterday, which is quite unfortunate being Team Canada's captain. Uh, looked like a pretty bad injury, shook it off and, you know, didn't come back and won't be back for the rest of the tournament. So, um, you know, what was your impression of that? Did you think anything of it? Do you think it's 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 a serious injury? And, you know, obviously it must suck. So I just want to hear what um, you think of that, really. It, it sucks for Team Canada, but the boys up in Chicago have got to be having a heart attack. Mm. He's He's a big part of their future. And with any luck his injury i'm I'm assuming it's gonna be tournament ending um that's what i'm thinking it did not look good but if it's not tournament ending does chicago really want him to go back and play the last couple games or i mean at the end of the day doc is one of those kids he's got such a bright future in the nhl that if he can't play in the world juniors he might be disappointed but i think that kid's got some stanley cups written in his future uh, but at the end of the day, Team Canada without their captain is still going to be a fantastic team, but it obviously would be much better with Kirby Doc there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. And I think it it, it is going to hurt them. But uh, one of the points I just wanted to make is that um, a lot of people were, were sort of getting mad at New York Rangers and, uh, you know, f- with them not letting Lafreniere go and play at this tournament. A lot of people were like, well, why not? You know, it's good experience. Um, you know, a lot of people were, were sort of upset with that fact. Uh, but New York did say, no, we're not going to let him go. He's important. We want him to play this year. And, you know, Chicago said, you know, we'll, we'll give Kirby a chance to go. It's good for him. And, you know, he'll have a good tournament. He'll come back right after, right? So this is the prime example as to why New York chose not to send Lafreniere and other teams chose not to send some of their players, right? So, But I think if Lafreniere did not win gold at the last tournament... The Rangers would let him go play, but they're saying they're probably thinking, "Listen, he's already done it. He's already won the gold. He, you know, then we can just hold him back. He doesn't have to play this, you know, this tournament." But like I said, I honestly think if he had not won gold already, they would have let him go play. That's a good point, actually. It does make sense. I mean, I don't, I can't see him. Uh, I mean, if he didn't win gold, well, it would definitely be, you know. Um, it would definitely be a good argument to send him back. And you look at, you know, some of our guys at UND last year, they didn't even get to win uh, the championship. And look at JBD, Pinto even, they all decided to go back and play, right? So um, I think there's something about winning championships or or winning trophies that some players, you know, just want to be able to do in their career. So the fact that he already did that is definitely a good point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad for Kirby and I, I hope the best, uh, I hope he recovers well and, you know, I hope it's not too serious. I haven't heard much. Um, I know he fractured something. I think it's his wrist, right? By the looks of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you know, these NHL kids, a little you know, break here and there and they'll bounce back and recover. It's like, they're still made of rubber. Like he'll be fine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. For sure. And I, I remember, I remember... When... Oh, when, yeah. when McDavid's rookie year, at the beginning of the season, where he, when he broke his collarbone, yeah. everybody freaked out. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's Connor McDavid. He broke his collarbone. Oh, yeah. crap. And now look at it. Like, the kid's still a bullet. Like, this, you could never tell there's any injury that's ever happened to that kid. Oh, yeah. And sports physio nowadays, it's, it's the best of the best. You know, it's never been so good, um, especially for those guys who get literally the best of the best, right? Uh, they get the best treatment in the country most likely they get the best physiotherapist um so i mean he'll be in, in good care i think he'll he'll make that recovery and uh we'll see him shortly i don't know you know how long it'll be but uh i'm sure he'll be good to go when he comes back you look at a guy like carlson man he he what he he fractured uh, his foot in the playoffs still played through it and uh i mean he's never been the same player since i mean he's he's battled injuries but still, he's able to come back and still be a great defender in the NHL. You're not supposed that, to be doing that, right? When you break no. it. <laughs> and he had, your, he had his Achilles. Here. Yeah, yeah. 
cut with Matt Cook with that yeah. uh, in the corner boards incident, and he still came back and he can still speed through it. Honestly, I, I, I everyone goes back to the Carlson trade thing, and I no matter what, I think Ottawa won that trade. But man, do I really hope Carlson goes back to being Carlson because when you get to watch Carlson on the ice, it is a treat. It's like the McDavid's of the game and and the Canes, uh, the Patrick Canes. These are guys that even though they don't play for you or you might have a dislike for them, they are a treat mm-hmm. to watch. And so I really hope Carlson comes back comes back as you know Eric Carlson. Yeah, and and that's the one thing. I mean, Carlson has never had so much time to rest before a season, right? Um, mm-hmm. always short off seasons or he's always injured near the end of the season. So it's an even shorter recovery. So I really do believe that this time that he took to rest um, this year, it, it might be a different story. I think we'll, we'll see the Carlson uh, that's worth $11.5 million. Um, you know, I, I, and I, I hope for it for the guy, like the guy really deserves to just have a good season with San Jose. I think it must get to, to his head, you know, sometimes, just you know oh you know being injured all the time i mean it must affect your confidence and stuff so uh for the sake of who he is and the player that he is i just really hope he has a bounce back season and uh, i talked to the boys about this but uh, i'll be definitely claiming him and uh in the fantasy draft we'll we'll be having <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's gonna be a fun fantasy draft i'm excited oh, to yeah. see what everyone's mindset is like what are you going for first yeah, do you, give me, do you want to give me an insight? Give me an insight. What what do you go for first? Like, okay, so obviously you take your number one superstar forward. Okay, yeah. everyone does that in the first round. What are you doing in your second round, Nick? See, I I can't say. I can't tell you, but I'll give you a hint. All right, I think defensemen nowadays are are as capable of putting up numbers as much as you know a second line forward. Um, I'm not going to tell you who because I really know the guy that I want, but um, you know, there's tactics that go into this, and especially this year with the new divisions, uh, I think it might, you know, tempt people to go a different uh, route that they normally do, just based off who they think will will have a better chance at putting up points in this type of division. And then, you know, it, it'll be cool to see. But I have my tactics, and I will not spill it. So, I mean, I I'm just saying, I like Vas- I like Vasilevsky in the second round. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake talked to me about that. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> I always uh, that's the only that's the only thing I'm gonna reveal is I always go goaltender in the second round. Always. <laughs> All right, you do that and you know, I'll take the leftovers. But uh yeah, we'll we'll get going with that. I'm I'm really excited. Uh but I mean we did get news that uh they did reach an agreement with the provinces, right? Uh the Canadian teams. So uh, we should see some action at least uh, January. Uh, this the regular start they did. They had planned. So um, you know what? It, it's coming closer. We have the World Junior, and now we have the NHL season starting right after. I am the happiest as I could be. And 2021 already seems promising, and I'm super excited to get going. Right? Vaccines are rolling out. NHL is back. World Juniors is here for Christmas. It just feels like normal is starting to come back, and uh, it's starting to make people happy again. Yeah, man. It's it's. Yeah, it's really crazy. And, uh, you know, we've had a bad year, so let's just hope for the best. And, um, you know, things to look forward to, like, uh, you know, obviously the NHL season we talked about. We're also starting a YouTube channel here at New Era Sense. So uh, stay tuned for that. I really hope you guys check it out. We'll have some pretty cool videos for you. Uh, We'll do a lot of uh, pregame and postgame reviews. Uh, Me and Dave will sit down to to recap some weeks, uh, week's progress at the end of the week's. Um, so that should be cool. And Dave, do you want to talk about it a little? Yeah. So I'll be hosting the YouTube channel, uh, on the first show that we're going to have, which is essentially just going to be, like you said, we're going to preview the upcoming games and the games that have passed. So kind of like a weekly report, uh, but we'll be doing way more than just that. Um, we're going to have other shows on the channel, uh, in the future, uh, possibly bring the podcast over to video, uh, is one of the hopes that I really think we can do. Um, I'm going to have, uh, trivia days. I'm just, I have so many ideas of what I want to do with the YouTube channel. It's going to be so much fun. And I really hope that people will take the time to watch our channel. I guarantee you they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll be nice to at least, you know, have a, um, some YouTube for our content. I mean, we mostly are on Twitter, Instagram, and, um, you know, we are missing a few platforms, right? So 
to be on YouTube, I think, is a great opportunity. I think we're all passionate fans here, and I think there is a lot of demand uh, for Sense fans that really want to watch some YouTube about their favorite team. I know I do. Uh, I have watched Sense talk. I, I do like what he has uh, to, to give out. But, I mean, you know, for me especially, I just go on YouTube and I type Ottawa Senators, and sometimes I don't find too much. So it'll be nice to have out for, for same people like me, and uh, uh, it'll be cool. Yeah, same. I constantly look for YouTube, um, YouTube channels and stuff like that. When I'm at work, I'll, I'll like I know it's just the audio, uh, but like I'll watch videos and then I'll lower. I'm oh, sorry, I'll minimize the screen and I'll just listen to it while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I could do that audio wise, but I I love YouTube for if I am eating lunch or something, I can just pop it up and watch. So. Yeah, and we'll also post all of our interviews. Uh, hopefully, in the future, we can get some of the guys from the Sense Squad, uh, guys that used to play for the Sense Squad, like you know, Boro, for example. Yeah, I will speak enough. I mean, he he's waiting on us. So, uh, just want to thank you, Dave, for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you sometime soon. And in the meantime, let's welcome uh, Boro himself. Uh, this is a uh, you know sometimes uh, we talked about this on the group chat for a while, but uh, to actually get here and have Mark join us on the podcast is a huge moment for us, and uh, we're super excited to get going. Um, so I just want to ask you, Mark, how's the holiday season been treating you? Like, are you do you have any plans before the season kicks back up again? Well, I, first off, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm always happy to chat and especially talk hockey and um with Ottawa fans. So, uh, but, uh, no, I mean, it's been pretty low key for me. Uh, um, obviously with things looking up here in terms of starting the season, uh, just enjoy, uh, my last couple of weeks of freedom here. Uh, I got a 10 month old son at home and my wife and we just moved down to Nashville. So, um, you know, we won't have any, any family around, but, uh, just kind of enjoy our time together. Awesome. Good stuff. Fantastic, man. You know, Speaking of the holiday season, I used to work actually uh, at the Canadian Tire Centre. I was one of the parking guys uh, for, I worked there for four years and uh, I can remember one night in specific. Uh, I'm sure you've, you definitely remember it as well. Uh, It was a night where we got, I think the forecast said 60 centimeters of snow. Um, Anyways, there was a whole bunch of panic you know, cars were getting stuck all over parking lots and uh, you were spotted uh, shoveling people out. So uh, I just kind of wanted to hear a little bit about that story. Yeah, I'll give you the background on that. It's actually, uh, there's more to it too. So I was actually injured at the time. I just torn my uh, my, my MCL. <laughs> and uh, So I had a torn MCL um, and uh, I was driving home. I think it was like uh, played even Silver Seven there, right by the, the Home Depot Costco. And there was like a ton of people in the ditch. And I was like, you know, I I don't know. It's just the way I was raised that I, I can't really just drive by these people. Uh, I wasn't moving too well because I had pretty much completely ruptured my MCL. So uh, I just kind of like hobbled out of the car um, and, and just kind of help push some people out, help shovel the back tires, I think, and uh, managed to get, I think it was like two or three cars out in a row. They were all just kind of going to the same spot. It was actually kind of like sadistically funny, but uh, <laughs> like the same spot over and over. I was just watching these cars go in. So I got a few out. And uh, someone, I think, had taken a snap uh, chat picture. I'm not on Snapchat or anything, but someone had taken a picture and it started making the rounds and circulating and uh, people kind of caught wind of it. And uh I got reamed out pretty good by my athletic therapist the next day for doing that on a torn MCL. But <laughs> I mean, such as life, sometimes uh, you just got to do the right thing. Yeah, of course, man. That's uh, it's <laughs> unbelievable that you did that with a torn MCL. I, uh, I completely forgot about that part. <laughs> that's, uh, that's unreal, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a very interesting story. I remember hearing it before, but it's nice to hear like exactly what happened. It was, it's it goes to show that you're a very community first guy, and then that shows that you got a lot of respect for people around you, and I like that a lot. My, my my question is is moving on to your your role in a new team. What made you settle on number ninety? I know that uh, I know that with Auto you were number seventy four, but that number is taken by UC Saros. Why? What? What? What led into you choosing number ninety, or was that chosen for you? Uh, no, I choose 90. So backstory on 74, that was actually just a number given to me uh, in training camp um, my first year and just kind of stuck with it. And it ended up working out. My wife, Tara, and I were married on uh, July 4th. So uh, 74 was our anniversary date. So ended up becoming a beautiful number to us. Um, 
But, you know, I had, I had a lot of different thoughts cross my mind uh, that crossed my mind when I left and about numbers and stuff. And, you know, I just, that chapter of Ottawa is a chapter that I want to remember for what it is. And I don't want to try to make a continuation of it or, or anything like that. So I figured let's get a fresh start. Uh, let's grab a new number anyway, regardless of, you know, UC has 74. It uh, wasn't really a concern to me. So, uh, and I'm not one of those guys who's going to come in and be like, Hey kid, like give me that number, you know, that's just not me. So, um, my son, Miles, oh, sorry about that. My son, Miles was, uh, born uh february 9th so nine's a meaningful number to me you know i thought maybe nine and two 92 well you know johansson has that nine is forsberg so um i thought 29 well that's a goalie number that has no swag so uh <laughs> so i was like you know what let's go with 90 uh it's got the nine in there for me which is really meaningful um uh, and the number's cool so uh my buddy said uh i seem like a skilled defenseman now wearing 90 so you know i'll have to prove some people wrong that's fair. It's like a little, little bit of a new year, new me type of thing. Yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. Clearly, you guys, you know, there's a lot of transition there going to a new team and all. Um, you know, I just want to ask you, because clearly we are in a global pandemic. So is that, has like, has that been tougher than imagined, you know, making it to a new team and getting settled and all that? Yeah, the move was tricky for sure. You know, I've been so fortunate. Uh, I've been, what, like 10 years in the same organization, six years in Ottawa foreign bingo so i haven't done a whole lot of moving right uh i've been pretty fortunate in that aspect in terms of, of having to shuffle back and forth between cities countries whatever it may be um so new experience all around plus the added hurdle of you know crossing the border with work visas you know the yeah. pandemic all this stuff it was tough uh you know a lot of logistics to figure out and, and doing it with a at the time a nine-month-old baby nonetheless was a little bit tricky too so uh you know we managed to get down here we just kind of enjoyed our trip stressed it out in three days and then um, you know, in terms of being around new teammates, we're, we're split into groups here. Um, you know, as I'm sure the majority of, of major sports teams are doing, uh, just kind of minimize exposure and stuff like that. So I've been skating with a group of about 10 guys here and, uh, it's actually been kind of nice, you know, it, it sucks to not be around all the guys. Um, but at the same time, when you're in a smaller group, you get a chance to kind of form, I think more, you know, solid relationships with guys. Cause you see them, uh, you know, more often and, and you're much closer with them uh, on a daily basis. So uh, the guys here are awesome. Staff here is awesome. I really enjoyed the transition. Yeah, it must be nice to get uh, some hot weather as well. I know because Ottawa's only getting uh, chillier and all that. So you're I'm lucky in that sense. Hey, man, we went out for a walk this morning. It was about 10 degrees Celsius. I told my mom that and she wasn't too happy. So <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> I, was saying, I left for work this morning at about six in the morning and it started snowing and I don't yeah. think it stopped snowing since. I said, sorry, mom, I'm never coming home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of home though, um, I do, uh, I do have another little story. Uh, over the summer, I got moved to a new building uh, while I was at work. And one of the, one of the guys that I worked with said that his, uh, he went to school with, your sister yeah and uh every day every day he said that your sister would say uh mark's gonna grow up mark's gonna grow up and play for the ottawa Senators. mark is gonna <laughs> grow up and he's gonna play in the nhl uh, i just want to i just want to hear sort of what family is meant to you and now obviously you you being a father and uh, a husband now uh to tara and your uh lovely child and I just want to hear what family sort of has meant to you over this time. I appreciate the kind of question. And, um, you know, it, it really does mean everything. And, um, you know, it's, that's the cliche answer, but it's true. Um, you know, by no means do I have the hardest job in the world. You know, like I, I get compensated well and I play a game for a living, but you know, it is a bit of a pressure cooker and it's a high stress uh, occupation for sure. I mean, any business that's results oriented, uh, there's a lot of stress, right? And, uh, you know, you want to have a support system and a family around you and friends around you that they're going to keep you level-headed and keep you grounded and, and you know, humble and steer you in the right direction. And uh, I've been very fortunate. You know, both my parents are like that. My sister's like that. And I've got a great group of friends and Ottawa buddies of mine who have stuck with me. You know, it wouldn't matter what I was doing as an occupation. They'd be my best friends. And I think that's so cool. And then, uh, you know, now transitioning into this next chapter in my life, uh, you know, my wife, Tara, has been a rock for me. Uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs in my career and, you know, injuries, both physically and mentally. And, and she's been here for me through all that. And, and now welcoming our son, Miles, into the world, it's just given me such a new perspective on life, uh, what my priorities are. And, you know, <laughs> getting mad about 
a turnover in the first period or something trivial like that, right? Uh, you know, in the moment, you it's next level and you can't handle it. But then I realize, you know, um, I, I I've just I've come through so much and accomplished so much, and and you know, I have this son and and this family to think about now. It just kind of gives me a new perspective on things, and I think it's been for the better. You know, this is the most confident I felt going into a season, and I attribute that to kind of the stage in the life I am and and, and having my family around me. Yeah, it's unbelievable what like a support system like that can do for someone for their not only their you know mental conscious but you know they're they're just motivated completely yeah. more motivated to for sure for sure it's bang on and uh, you know you're exactly right like you see a lot, a lot of you know young guys get into professional sports and people are throwing money at you and attention at you and it's easy to be led led, led astray but you know, when you have a family who keeps you humble and, and grounded and level-headed, it really does make a huge difference. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting some of your family and I can say that's true. They're all very nice people. <laughs> and your parents. I remember that time. Right. Um, but yeah, obviously you and Tar were very connected with the Ottawa's community. Just your take on what it was like to have the opportunity to work with the Ottawa Gatineau Youth Foundation and all you did throughout the community. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been special for us. It's, you know, we never felt like we were doing anything above and beyond. It's just, you know, this is where we grew up. Like we're both born and raised in Canada. Um, you know, that's the city of Ottawa and the community of Canada just gave us so much. It gave us a safe space to live and grow up and play and explore. And, and we wanted to help pay that forward a little bit. And, uh, you know, the Ottawa Gatineau Youth Foundation, um, you know, we had connections with, with uh, the, the board of directors there and, uh, um, and, you know, it just seemed like a natural fit for us going forward. You know, even though we're not in Ottawa full-time anymore, we wanted to kind of maintain a bit of a presence. And, and that was a good way for us to do that. Um, obviously, you know, I can't devote, you know, my time and my physical resources to a group like the Condors the way I used to. But, you know, kind of reaching out through this, this bigger, broader foundation, it, it seems like a really good fit. Yeah, that's awesome. It really shows the type of character you have, too. So that's oh, thank you, man. I got you guys pretty good, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, uh, thank you for commenting on that and uh, sort of bringing uh, um, conversation to the uh, capital city condors too. I know you uh, you took over uh, after uh, Cal Turris eventually left uh, the Senators too, and it's 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 nice to see that you're uh, really really impactful with the community, and it shows how how good of a character guy you are. And, and I just I have so much respect for you as a player and a person. Thank Another you. Question. That means a lot, man. Thank you. Another question is a little more a uh, little more comical here. Uh, um, did you always feel that you were destined to hit the big screen, or was your interview with Eugene Malik about the future of the Ottawa <laughs> Senators in 2018 a breakthrough for your public relations career? What went behind that, and honestly, how fun was it? Um, not particularly fun, but uh, you know, as you guys will probably experience in your life, and I experience in in my life. Um, you know, you're going to be put into situations uh, by bosses and people above you. And, uh, you know, you don't have much of a say in the matter. And by no means am I shirking responsibility or passing the buck. That's just, uh, you know, the way it is. Sometimes uh, you've got to make a decision. Uh, no, I'm going to take some flack online, but do what's best for my family and what the right, you know, thing is to do in that time, given the circumstances. And, you know, I'm a big boy. I can handle heat online. Uh, it's just the nature of the business. But, uh, Glad that chapter's uh, passed me. We had some good laughs about it on the golf course with my buddies after they gave me the gears good. So uh, I think I'll take a pass on those from now on. I'll stick to getting punched in the face and blocking shots. So, <laughs> oh, truthfully, it was honestly it was it, it was fun to watch. That that yeah. I will say. <laughs> you know, uh, adding adding sort of to your media explosion you you're you're pretty much i mean you're you are completely famous here in ottawa for a multitude of reasons but one of the one of the biggest things was uh your uh boro cop incident in uh vancouver um you've actually even since changed your instagram handle to be it's boro cop running because of it just sort of <laughs> want to run us through sort of what happened there and uh, give us a little bit of details. Yeah, I'd much rather talk about this than the Malik interviews. So thanks. For yeah, that. I was, yeah, I was going to say this is a, probably quite a bit more exciting to talk about than. 
<laughs> paints me in a better light. Eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it, I mean, it was just right place at the right time. Again, just one of those same thing as digging those people out of the snow. Uh, I don't know. That kind of stuff just follows me sometimes, I guess. But so I'd been out for lunch with uh, Mikhail Bodker and Dylan DeMello. You know, me and Mello were real close and uh, Mikhail was a great dude. And went out for some sushi in Vancouver. We were running on like four hours of sleep. We just flown in the night before. So um, my wife was expecting at the time. So there's a cool baby store I knew about. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Vancouver, if any of your listeners are, but in an area called Gastown. So I wanted to go check that out and get some swag for the baby. So um, I did that. I had a bag full of baby supplies. I split from the guys and just walking back on my own. I'm big on walking in cities when I get there, just kind of like loosen the legs up and get the plane legs out and stuff. So anyway, I'm just walking home and I just kind of look across the street and I see this like shady looking guy on this bike, you know, like going by cars slowly on the sidewalk. And I just see his like his hand pulled back with something in it, like a piece of metal or something. And I just see him smash this window like across the street. And it was like kind of surreal, you know, like the glass like explodes, like huge bang. And I just see him like reaching into this car and I was like, oh man, in my head, I'm like, I'm like way too tired to deal with this. Um, so <laughs> like, and there was other people around and no one's doing anything. So I just kind of like yelled over. I was like, dude, like just stop, man. Like, please like just, just stop what you're doing. And he like started like cursing at me and yelling. And I was like, all right, like took a couple of steps. I was like, put the bag down, dude. Like, I just don't want to like in my head. I'm like, again, I'm too tired for this. Got a belly full of sushi and baby supplies here. So so I just kind of like casually started like trotting over, like, you know, I'm a bigger guy and maybe slightly threatening looking, I guess, <laughs> after all these years. But uh, he was like wrestling this huge bag out of the car and I see he wouldn't let go and he's like swearing at me. So I was like, all right. So like, and then I'm like running towards him and he gets on his bike with the, and throws a bag over his back and tries to like charge me on his bike and like run me over. So I was just kind of like, like I, some people would say clothesline. I, I honestly didn't want to hurt him because I didn't know what the consequences were. So I just kind of like hooked my <laughs> arm underneath his armpit and like wheeled him off his bike and got the bag and thought maybe he'd pull like a knife or something. So I was like, had him kind of like in a headlock waiting for him to pull a knife and he didn't. And then I just kind of like let him get away and got the bag. So anyway, right. it, we had all good laughs about it after when I told the boys and then somehow the media overheard and all just kind of blew up. So <laughs> Well, it, it blew up. It definitely blew up here, man. We, uh, <laughs> I, I can, I can remember us like, it, it was pretty much a, a household thing for a couple of weeks here. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, again, like I, I don't know. I just right place, right time. Thought I was doing the right thing. So, sorry for the long-winded recall of the story, but uh, it is a funny <laughs> so. Oh, that's awesome, buddy. It's awesome. So you mentioned that you were close with Dylan DeMello, obviously, but was there any other one player throughout your time in Ottawa that you maybe enjoyed playing with the most or was the most fun to play with? Yeah, I, you know, I got to form a real connection with Dylan being his deep partner. I'm a big believer in, in, you know, tight connections with your line mates and deep partners and stuff like that. So that was cool. And we definitely had some success together. Um, I don't know. It seems like a lot of my close buddies kept getting shipped out. So I don't know if I was like the kiss of death there or what. I, you know, I was tight with Eric Greiber for a while. He was gone. And then uh, Kyle Terrace gone. Mark Stone gone. So uh, all these guys that I keep, uh, keep, keep in touch with. Uh, I really enjoyed playing with JG Pajot too. Uh, you know, those guys were, were all big influences on me and guys who I still see in the summer. And, you know, our wives and girlfriends and stuff were friends with uh, friends with each other to this day. So, um, some definitely some cool relationships that I'll that I'll cherish. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I think we, as Sens fans, we we've sort of been through the rough patches, and you know, we've seen all these players. Uh, come and go and I think you know a lot of us uh, you feel disappointment after some time I think you know you fall in love with these players and you're just sort of accustomed to seeing them leave so it's nice to hear uh, from a player's perspective you know how it felt to you know grow connection with these players and then you know um, go in separate ways but obviously you're back in Nashville and you're reunited with a guy like uh, Matt Duchesne you've played with before um, so what does it mean to you to have like some familiarity going back into a, a new team? Yeah, that was really helpful for sure. Um, you know, I think now that I'm a little older um, and a little, a little more established, I'm a little more comfortable in my own skin uh, going into a dressing room. So, you know, some guys, it's it's super important for them going into free agency to go to a team where they have familiar faces. Uh, you know, it wasn't really high on my list, but it was uh, certainly a, a, a really, you know, happy bonus. Uh, I got along really well with Dutchie and, uh, you know, he's such a skilled player and I was really happy to have him here. His wife is great. His family's great. Uh 
So it really, uh, it did mean a lot for me to have him here. And he's been in the other group uh, that we've been training. And so I haven't, you know, crossed paths with him a ton, but we keep in touch and text uh, um, a lot, kind of strange texting your teammates instead of seeing them at the rink, but uh, such is the, 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 the world right now, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, um, it's always cool to have a guy you're familiar with and that's just the nature of this business. You know, guys kind of part ways and you end up reconnecting at some point. So uh, it's kind of one of the cool things about, uh, about, about hockey. Awesome. So another question I had um, is sure. You're not, you're not, you're not a part of the auto centers anymore, which sucks for us fans. Cause truthfully, I loved you as a Senator. <laughs> but my question is, what led you to decide that you want to play for the Nashville Predators? Were there, were there any other teams that were, were in the conversation? Yeah, so there were a bunch. Um, you know, there, there's just – it's tough for me to kind of like break it down because there's just so many different emotions and, and thoughts and considerations that go into such a huge, you know, life-changing decision like that. Um, obviously, you feel attached to Ottawa, but I knew it was time for a fresh start based on conversations with Pierre and stuff like that. So, um you know, my wife and I used to just kind of sit there and daydream uh, when we knew we were going to free agency and we'd be like, all right, let's pull up the NHL standings and look at teams and, you know, would this be a place we want to play? Yes, 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 whatever, you know, circle them. This is number one on our list, blah, blah, blah. And Nashville was always mutually, you know, in the top for both of us. Um, so I had a good idea of, of where I wanted to go. And now the matter or the, or the question was who was going to come calling on UFA day. And, um, you know, it just right away Nashville called and it seemed like such a great fit. And, uh, you know, based on my discussions with David Poyle and John Hines, the coach here, I just, I didn't really want to go anywhere else after talking to them, you know, uh, the ideas they had for me as a player and as a person and as a leader on this team and, and, uh, you know, a chance to come help a good competitive team that, 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 you know, maybe needs a bit of a reset, uh, and still has a chance to have a lot of success. I thought it was really cool. And, you know, I looked at guys like Roman Yossi and I'm like, man, you know, what an awesome opportunity for me to play with him and learn from him and get to know him and, and be a part of his game and uh and that combined with warm weather <laughs> it seemed like a no-brainer so uh <laughs> yeah it just really was a natural fit on a lot of different levels awesome and you know this is a fun question because we actually asked uh, uh our instagram followers to submit a few questions for you so uh sort of sort of off topic from what we've been on but i just want to ask you what was your i mean what is your favorite restaurant in ottawa do you have any anyone that stands out to you because this is pretty interesting i think we all have different choices here so that's a that's a good question uh i don't know how much you guys have explored the the ottawa restaurant scene or not but uh you know, my wife and I used to like going down to kind of like uh, Wellington, Hindenburg area. Uh, supply and demand is a go-to of ours. Uh, we love going down there. Um, there's another little one called Absinthe that was really good. But, uh, you know, supply and demand seemed to be the one that we kept going back and back to. And it's funny because uh, Mark Stone loves it. Kyle Therese loves it. So we'd all meet up there for meals. Awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that. I'll have to go check it out myself. I don't think I've ever been, but uh, I'll write that in my, in my notes. Yeah. Um, just one more question. Um, you know, uh, who was your biggest influence um, going up? Because I, I, I think you played for the Smith Falls Bears, right, to, um, back in your junior years. So I just want to ask you, you know, do you have any big influences, any guys that really helped you with your development or, or motivation or anything like that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, Smith Falls, uh, when I played there, my coach, uh, Bill Bowker, uh, was his name, was just such a huge influence on me. Uh, you know, the things he instilled in me about, uh, how I should handle myself as, as an adult and as a man and, 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 a, and, a, and a player really stuck with me. You know, he was kind of like a consummate professional and, um, I remember he just had these huge, like bear paw hands and the firmest handshake. And ever since that, I've just given killer handshakes because if you didn't shake his hand, I already break your hand. But uh, he, he's just awesome. I mean, uh, he was really, uh, you know, he was always there for me in the process of exploring NCAA versus OHL. And he gave me sound advice and he cared about me as a person and about my family. And um, that's a, a connection and a relationship that I'll always remember and cherish. And it was funny when Moss was born, uh, my son, one of, one of the first gifts I got was a, a spare a pair of custom made skates for my son from Bill Bowker, who, you know, I, oh, I, awesome. I, I don't have a ton of contact with him anymore. It's just kind of one of those relationships and friendships that, that you'll always have, but we don't speak on a daily basis by any means. And, you know, that just like, it brought my wife and I both to tears, like uh, meant the world to us and is very meaningful. So um, he's definitely up there. 
That's awesome. I, I really like to hear those, you know, heartwarming stories. And that's a really nice gift to, to receive, especially from a guy you haven't talked to in some time. That's, that's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. One last question for me here, Mark. Yeah. What, you, what is your expectations for the national players this season? What is your personal expectations on your season this year? Uh, you know, I think on a team level, uh, we, we, we can be a, a, a playoff contender. I think we have the natural talent on this roster, if you look at it, um, you know, some really high end talent up front, uh, Duchesne, you know, Johansson, uh, Yarncroft, Forsberg, Arvidsson, like these are, these are top end players who give you a chance to win every night. And I think you add that with, you know, in my mind is one of the better decors in the NHL. Um, you know, you got Yossi and Ellis on your top pair, wherever it may be, uh, you know, at home Fabro and then, you know, myself and, and Maddie Benning hopefully rounding out the third pair. And I just think that's a really solid decor. And then, you know, you look to the back end or the net and, and you've got Juice, UC Saros and, and, and Pekka Rene. I mean, like, that's a pretty good roster top to bottom. I think it's just a matter of kind of resetting, uh, you know, changing kind of our our mentality here and, and, and our priorities. And that should help kind of complement that natural skill. And, um, you know, on an individual level, uh, I feel like my game's peaking right now, which, you know, I think makes me laugh a little bit because you see a lot of people online say, you know, well, past X age guys don't get better or past X age, you know, guys automatically go on a downswing. And to me, it's just like, you know, that's, I, I don't know. I think it's so unfair to a player as an individual uh, because, you know, the way I work and the way I train and the way, you know, I have a desire to get better uh, to me, you know, an, a, an arbitrary number or an age doesn't, doesn't dictate how I'm going to progress as a player. It's more about, kind of that intrinsic motivation I have. And I look at Chara, I look at Giordano, these guys who've gotten better with age in the NHL. And I kind of want to go on that trend too. And I feel really good on the ice this year. So hopefully uh, kind of continue with where I left off. Awesome. And and speaking of that, I mean, as sense fans, I don't, I don't think we might uh, have a cup in Ottawa for some time, but in, in other words, we, we might see you come back to Ottawa with the cup, uh, uh, maybe more sooner than the sense would. So I, I'm very uh, excited for that uh, journey to begin. And, you know, we, we wish you all the best and we'd love to, to come party with you uh, out on the parking lot sometime or whatever. But uh, um, I just want to wish you the best. I think for, for all sense fans, we all, we all feel the same way about you and, uh, we miss you dearly here in Ottawa, and uh, we're very excited to see your career progress in Nashville. And um, yeah, we'll we'll keep a tab on you. That's for sure. You're a Borough cop, right? So I appreciate your guys' time. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm always happy to talk. So wish you guys and your families the best, and and good health and safety, and and happiness over the holidays. Thank you, Boro, and uh, you as well. Stay safe uh, uh, with these times, right? So take care to you and your family. Thanks, take care. Yeah. Thanks again to Mark for this great interview. We'd love to have you on board for future episodes. And uh, that's from all of us. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. In this moment.